chat set. So there's that for you. Bo, thank you for holding down the screen. Good dog. I'm going to give a quick share now. Are we just doing all the all the sharing? Yeah, well. We're making like Ozzy's wife and Sharon. Eh. All right, Joey. <laughs> you there we go. There's the YouTube link. Oh, that's so beautiful. Share now. Oh, All right. I think we can do a podcast now. We can do a not cast. I was about to say, what are you talking about? This is not a podcast. Happy did... 420. Woo! Happy 420, baby boy. What's up? What's up, buddy? I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too, motherfucker. Bo! Well, look. Look at the podcast, Bo. Bo, technology. Bo, remember me. I went. We we spoke when uh, your father and I went on deep journeys when we were uh, podcasting. Dude, uh, we podcasted really hard. Dude, we podcasted. Uh, this is like a. Uh, do you remember the? Uh, <laughs> do you remember that '70s show episode where uh, Leon's like? Uh, is it Leo or Leon? I can't fucking remember. Leo. Leo. Leo's oh. like uh, he brings his brother in to like remodel the basement. And then they, they end up like only moving it like like a little bit. And he tells her, he's like, he's like, Red's like, this is exactly the same. And he's like, no, it's, it's your basement three inches to the left. Like, <laughs> it's so stupid. But you remember how this podcast setup used to be in this room. We, I moved it for months into my, my room because there was just a little more room. And then I ended up going, you know what? I'm kind of tired of people just being in and out of my fucking bedroom. So then I moved it back into here, but just 180 degrees. So just a lot of fucking stupid stoner stuff to make this journey down to where we're at now. <laughs> a lot you know of what? and you know what? There's a better view of that tree that you got comfort in when we were tripping balls. I needed that tree, and I needed the church. The the church too on the porch that day. Right. Great, great architecture. Great architecture. Beautiful architecture. So for those of you who don't know, Joey lives in Boston. Please, Irish sir. Irish, Mr. Irish O'Neill, are you going to legally change that to your name? No, no, but this is the thing I understand. I've got like, I've got like 10 names. I hide behind like 40 different names, but I, Irish is my, my stage and comedy name that I am, I am going with at the moment. I'm going to change all my profile names to Wolfgang. This Wolfgang. Is <laughs> Start speaking in a no, you, got, you got, you got to be the artist formerly known as Wolfgang. The artist formerly known as Wolfgang. I think they're doing a special on Prince tonight on like ABC or CBS. No shit. My, I talked to my mom's parents on the phone for like an hour today. Um, it's kind of weird how they had all the, do you think these were all planned? They have like all of these documentaries like ready and shit just to go right as this pandemic's happening. Like it's kind of perfect timing if you're a documentary or anything, not in a movie theater. I feel like a lot of people are releasing stuff early knowing that people are sitting at home. That's fair. That's fair. It makes you question what, like, if they can, if they can get it out that fast, what's holding them back? Is it just money? Like, um, do you think, do you think Louis C.K. wanted to release that material when he released it? You know what I mean? Let you me think? tell you. I mean, it worked. I bet it worked out in his favor. People only got time and fucking boredom. So, I I got to think for anything that's digestible at home specifically, like you got to have wanted this to happen a little bit. Yeah, especially if you're a place like Amazon, dude. How much more money do you think Amazon's making now? They had to have doubled or tripled their profits, I bet. Oh my god, dude! I'm sure. I'm fucking sure. 
I mean, you've seen the, the fleets have increased the like the, the trucks that go around. Yeah. And they've like started implementing delays. Like now it's at a point where it's like, well, what's the point of even having prime right now? Because everything's just delayed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a weird world we're living in right now. Yeah. Great so, for podcasting. <laughs> for podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect world for podcasting. Speaking of podcasting and podcasting, did you have you watched uh, Duncan Trussell's new show yet that just came out today? I have not watched it yet. I saw a clip uh, that I think he showed on um, was it Rogan or there was some there was some podcast he did recently where he had like a clip of it. Yeah, he showed, it, he showed it on Rogan. It was like a clip of episode three. Yeah, it looks so cool, dude. So it's a really cool concept. What it is? Do you remember when Comedy Central used to do those shows that was like they would take someone's stand up comedy bits and then like put them to animation? animated? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like bits, of, it's like kind of prepared bits and kind of like recorded podcast things, right? That they're animating to or something like that. Right. So it's like, it's like conversations from the Duncan Trussell family hour. And then they've like dubbed in the, the same people that were on the episode of the podcast or Duncan. Like, they they have their voiceovers interacting with like whatever environment is going on with the animation but mm, okay for the most part the core of the episode is like a conversation with duncan and someone that was on his podcast interesting yeah the the clip with joey was so fucking funny i, I like and that, and that, that dude it's <laughs> that's just like it's so good yeah it's and Joey is like a Joey does like a regular voice on the show. Oh, okay. That's like, is that like a reoccurring character or just he himself is reoccurring? Joey's Joey's voice is like reoccurring. Gotcha. He, he different characters. Um, I, I only watched four episodes. This and I that was like as soon as I got up this morning when I, I did my wake and bake session, and then I was like, God, I I feel like I'm wasting away. Let me go do something with my life. But um, so I'll watch more of that later on tonight. But it's it's a really cool concept. And then like, of course, Duncan and the guy who animated it is like the guy from Adventure Time. So naturally, it's trippy as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a good combination too. If that's like the what you're trying to put out too, like he's the guy you want animating that. Yeah, either him or or the guy who does <laughs> um the guys who do Rick and Morty. <laughs> I could see that too. I could see that too. The Adventure Time guy and the Rick and Morty guy uh, got together and did a show. No shit, really? Which show was that? Well, I'm saying, could you imagine if? They oh, did? I thought you said they did. Uh, that would be really fucking cool. tremendous, dude. There's like, there's, I mean, if anything, being all this inside, it's going to force people to be more creative, just in yeah. everything. I mean, they, this is my thing too. Like, I'm curious. What's your opinion on like all these virtual like mics and stuff people are doing? Um, well, I b- before everything got shut down in our town and we were still able to go to the open mics, I was already suggesting that we start live streaming because people were shut down in other places and I knew that it was something we were going to uh, uh, that we were probably going to have to start doing in this new world. <coughs> but um, sure. what we ended up doing was instead of you know because once everything got shut down um we were like all right so let's live stream stuff instead of doing like stand-up we started doing improv games yeah 
and we've kind like we've kind of created like an improv troupe, and we're hoping to build like a good little following with that and a good um, cohesion with each other and practice in this time. And when the quarantine lifts, we're going to try and get booked at different places. Um, and then like do stand up and improv. That's perfect. See, I, I love that. Like, cause that's to, to me, like this has been my, my one thing. And, and I don't want to like disparage anyone that's doing like a virtual open mic or anything that, because of the base level, like I appreciate that they're, that they're trying to keep the craft alive. They're trying to, you know, keep their chops up and whether they're putting in effort work on that, that I'm not disparaging, but just in and of itself, I find like, an, a virtual open mic i just don't i don't like the idea of it because it's like a, comedy needs an audience you need to have that direct connection and instant feedback with the audience and i don't think you yeah. get that like if you're doing a podcast if you're doing the, like the improv thing you're talking about i think is a great idea because it has a tangible road that you could keep it online but you also have a very easy path to take it a place once this lifts um like i know another buddy that's doing almost like a news uh type show where like he assigns like a couple comics topics and they like come in as like a correspondent and like do their segment it's but but it's like you know what i mean there's like it's not like it i think my only problem is like people doing straight up like their stand up like i think that yeah. that's like it just it doesn't work and also like why put it out there where it can like stay up there when it's like when you're trying to develop it yeah so um i see both sides of it because when when everything started i was very gung-ho and vocal about tr us trying to do um stand-up shows as a group virtual stand-up shows as a group but um one of my fellow comedians several of my fellow comedians but um jim swanson and brian siegel you know were quick to point out to me that um for the same reasons that you said that it's it's not a good idea because of the lack of feedback because of your material just being out there forever and that material being out there forever that might be something that you're trying to still in development yeah and i mean you know maybe you have a leg to stand on with it if it's like if you've been doing comedy like a really long time and you're someone big but like like I've been doing stand up for only like seven months. So it's like, I know that me trying to do like a virtual open mic is like only going to be damaging. Cause I like barely know what I'm doing now anyway. Right. It's, you know, when I first started doing comedy, I was posting my stuff all the time and I still do a lot when I, you know, recently I was posting a lot of stuff and that's because people were asking for it. But um, when I first started doing comedy, I was posting a lot of my stuff. I would post a lot on YouTube and people, some liked it a lot of people like it they like watching the progression but other people um mainly brian siegel pointed out to me and this is it's good advice that um there are several different reasons why putting your material out there that early on in your career is bad no. so what i started doing is going back with that backlog and making everything private so only i can watch it um and yeah in the future if i'm when I'm Chappelle level, I'll have no problem uh, making all those videos public again for the backlog. But the problem with having that up is you don't want to have a bad set posted and a yeah. booker see it and think that that's your worth. Yeah, because pe people have a short attention span. They All they need to see is one thing. I mean, <clears throat> with that example, I always... Uh, I always give like the Duke lacrosse story. Cause it's like, you know, we all saw the fanfare and everything during the trials of the Duke lacrosse boys and everything. 
but like there wasn't that same energy uh, uh running news stories when it was turns out that like oh they actually were proven not guilty like most there's uh, i would say 60 percent of the people i still talk to if i bring up the duke lacrosse boys they don't even know that they were uh proved innocent um yeah i don't i don't really know much about that i was young for that you know I can't. Same, but that that's the thing. I went on for years. I was like, oh yeah, those the the Duke Lacrosse rape guys. And then like if you go back and look, like in the trial and everything, it actually proved the chick was lying. Like she was found they were proven completely innocent in court. Like she was actually lying. They I I think it was something like they used cell phone metadata or something like that. But you know what I mean? It's not like the news then runs like like let's say they ran like those news stories for like two weeks straight, right? Like those because I mean I remember when they were running the stories, it was big and vivid in the news, but and and they do and that's just one example but any any kind of thing where people have been wrong or like someone's been proven innocent they don't then run like two weeks of like apologies for smearing this person or because because those duke guys are always going to be remembered as the duke lacrosse rape guys even even though they're innocent that's just permanent now even though they didn't do it you were proven guilty in the court of public opinion and they they uh you know stimulated that instead of talking about the uh you know the process of being found yeah and the fault really there is on the media because the media cares more about ratings than the truth right and and a bad story is better for ratings than a good story absolutely absolutely that's why it's like it's like hey let's hammer you with like 85 percent of like death murder and all the shit and then like here's a cute puppy flowery story with like the last 15 percent um but getting back to uh, comedy and what we were talking about, my advice with that would be to, this is something I try to do more now, is is be more selective with what you want to post. Um, mm-hmm. Don't don't go live. Record your, Always record yourself, no matter what, whether you're doing it to post or not. Then you can put it on YouTube, set it to private, and have it as a backlog and, and a, a, a cloud, essentially, for you to go back and learn from yourself and learn your progress and whatever. Yeah. But um, for the stuff that you record and you do want to put out, if you want to put stuff out, because I do like putting stuff out because a lot of times it shows that I go to, there's not a big crowd. And, and my Facebook supporters are an extension of an audience to give me feedback on my jokes. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll post stuff, you know, because hopefully you'll see it, Joey, and like it. Or you'll see it and go, hey, what if you said that here? Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like you don't even need to take all the feedback you're given. But like sometimes it's just nice to bring it back to the the classic word we always bring up perspectives. It's just nice to see another person's perspective might give you another idea for it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, well, by the time that I get out to California or get to Minnesota or Canada, or wherever it is that I go in my career, I might not be doing these jokes anymore. Right. So the people that are following me now and have been supporting me from the beginning, there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to enjoy the jokes that I'm doing at clubs. Yes, it might be preventing people locally from coming out because they know I'll just post my video, but to the people all around the world, it it keeps them inclusive um when when i can't be in front of them right now when i can't go take a greyhound or or drive my van to kentucky and do an open mic um you know scott cunningham can still see my comedy but um 
another good thing about it that I like and people like too is watch is watching the progression. You know what I mean? I mean, you spoke about that when you first had me on your podcast and stuff was was watching the progression of a joke or just my comfortability on stage. You know, it's almost like a documentary. Yeah. But the downfall of all of that is, you know, everything that you pointed out about, um, you know, still working out a joke or it just being out there for eternity when it's not something that you're comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, well, even if it's, let's say it's a real fucked up joke too. Like what if you're trying to, let's say you're trying to, how are you supposed to work out a rape joke in a virtual open mic? Right, right. Like that's only ever going to look bad. Right. Like there's sometimes like I'll make a point on the pod on STC and like <laughs> it's kind of like a fucked up point and then I'll kind of like pause for a second I'll be like guys come on like you gotta laugh or I sound racist but it's like it's kind of like that sentiment though with like with this virtual yes. open mic like you know even if you said like the most genius irrefutably funny rape joke right without an audience there to laugh at it it literally just sounds like you're like pro rape like you know what I mean it just it doesn't sound good without the la the laughter is what breaks the tension like at the comedy yeah. it's about the, creating the tension and the release and like you only have one side with the with the open mic it's almost supposed to be un uh, uncomfortable yeah um, we're talking about things that we're, we're making light of everything else in our lives that cause anxiety and stress and and you know trauma um so why not that that's a that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we could go down no, but you're right, though, when you are trying to work out darker material it, it is you know it's it's harder to do to crickets yeah um i mean that's what's hard with like oh, that, honestly like i think one of the most intimidating things is and i've only done like two episodes ever like this on one of my podcasts but like when people just do the solo podcast where it's like just them talking because it's like man you have no feedback in real time like you know what i mean you just have to trust that what you're saying people find interesting right right but yeah as far as doing the virtual comedy thing um my advice is just to be be selective with what you what you post online if you're going to post your progressions and your material if you Max. you know if you do a five minute set maybe just chop out the best joke of that night and post that 30 seconds you know what i mean yeah uh, i think that's really the way to go with posting your material online uh, and then you know that ties back into what you said about everyone having a that's where the the short attention span comes to your your advantage you know what i mean mm -hmm. so you um just post that 30 second clip of, of your best joke instead of the five minutes of you up and down no. <laughs> How long? Look. So, we were talking before the show and stuff, um, and I, I was trying to tell people you're you're in Boston. Um, the reason I wanted to do this with you, this this is like the first, um, whatever <laughs> remote podcast that I'm doing. I wanted to keep everything face to face, but. Your podcast is the first podcast that I did face-to-face. -face. I rode a Greyhound up to Boston. You picked me up by Constitution Hall. We went back to your house, smoked, and ate refried beans. And, Dude, and it was wild because you were we were essentially just strangers that connected in the Church of What's Happening Now Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. 
and you're what? like, I'm, I'm trying to go play. I was like, uh, and I, I can't remember if it's like I posted about my podcast or you just posted. I think maybe it was you. Post, no, it was you. You made a post about being like, I want to travel more to get my stand up like outside of just the area I'm in, like where's podcasts or areas I can go to and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm up in Boston. And then like pretty immediately they're like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I think it was like that weekend or the weekend right after I was like this weekend. Yeah, I was like, uh, nothing. I was like, my, my girl's going away. So fuck it. Come up. <laughs> I think I contacted you on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. I got the ticket on Thursday and then I rode the Greyhound on Friday and got, yeah. Or I rode the Greyhound on Thursday night and got there on Friday. <laughs> and I pulled up my car and I'm like, as I live and breathe, Mr. Scott Wharton, I'm yeah. smoke a fat fucking J. And then we came back and did lots of drugs. Of course, naturally. We woke up the next morning and ate a podcast. Yep, we ate two tabs of podcast and yeah, um, we some podcasts with our friend Laura and um yeah because it was her going away she yeah was, yeah she's back now she's back now finally she is yeah we were all supposed to go to Skankfest Houston uh, or Skankfest South and it got canceled like literally two weeks before <laughs> oh that sucks I um I submitted a video submit I, I submitted a stand up for Skankfest and they never got back to me same same. It's all right. Next, there's, ne there's, it's going to be happening in September. This one, and then they'll probably when I don't know when they're going to do New York next, but there's always the next one. I think just keeping it going, we'll get, we'll get in there. Well, that's the thing about, you know, we we should be improving right now, and we're on quarantine. Nobody's doing mics, so should we be doing virtual mics just to fucking bomb and struggle? I don't, I don't think so because here's the thing, right? What's what's interesting about this is once it's over it's essentially created a reset for everyone because you got to think even people that have been doing it for 20 years right this is probably the longest that they've ever had to go without doing stand-up so like in a sense like i'm not saying they're resetting from like to like zero but like a lot of people are resetting they're having to load a previous save yeah you know what i mean and so like if you if you consider that everyone in a sense is coming in the, the, the playing field is going to be a little more even now they're still in theory going to be funnier, but you, you just don't know. Like, so you consider also how many people are going to drop. It's going to show how many people want it bad. There's going to be a lot of people that drop off that are there because a lot of people have going to sp have spent this time, or at least they should have trying to answer a lot of questions they have in their life. Do a lot of reflecting. This is a, a time for reflection. So there's a lot of people that might find like, Oh, you know what? Like, I actually like don't want to do stand up anymore. I want to do this, or they might, you know, who knows? I, I want to spend more time with my family. Like, you you just never know. But like, it's 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 going to be very interesting to see what happens to stand up after this. Oh yeah, I, I never thought about it like that, Joey. So what decisions? Um, I know you. So so you you've been a sound engineer for a while. You're a musician, and you you've been in several bands, right? Yeah, I am um you currently are in several several projects uh yeah so i have my my main band that's still going dane sleaf that we put out uh an album in the last year and then uh i have this other project that uh i actually met up with these guys virtually funny enough uh like years ago i had a um one of my uh youtube like vocal cover videos um he had like reached out and was like hey man i'm putting this project together you want to do vocals on it and i was like yeah fuck it why not like he sent me some tunes and they were like goddamn sick like i was like this rules uh he was like this kid in amsterdam 
and uh and we've just been working together and we put out another album that band's Dragonfire. there's this kid uh lean Borhick over there but yeah dude just kid virtually reached out and was like yeah just come work, let's work on this project together and shit nice nice so you're doing you're doing sound engineering full-time for your career and you've mm-hmm. got these two, these two bands you're in you have what your podcast how many podcasts are you doing so um so i just i just had launched a network recently last stand podcast network and uh on it right now is my main podcast stc shit talking cunts that i've been doing for like two and a half years now which is there's pretty much like a no holds barred like come on like talk some shit like nothing's like off the table like anything and everything you want to talk about is totally okay um, yeah try to is brutal my my uh our friend Jess, jesse bright he would fit in well on your podcast yeah and, and, and honestly because it's just like like i grew up like I, I can't remember the first two comics i ever watched on tv and i was like really young i maybe it was like 10 or so it was it was one of carlin's last two specials i think it was maybe um uh like life is worth losing or it was like it's bad for you it was like something like it was one of the really like last two that he did when he was older and i saw that like 10 and it just the raunchy i just connected with the raunchiness of it it was just so fucking funny to me and then it was one of the other one was like one of ralphie may's specials and i just so like i don't know i've just always i've always gravitated towards like more dark fucked up humor it's just it's funny to me like it's not to say like clean humor doesn't make me laugh but like i just i just don't connect with it as much so like with stc that's just kind of my outlet to and you know i'm not i'm not even necessarily trying to be some warrior for free speech but it's just like i don't know i think that anyone should be allowed to joke about fucking anything it might not be funny it might be a shitty joke and then you should have to like suffer in the silence of not getting the laughs that you wanted but like beyond that that's it uh and then the other podcasts i started doing uh in the last year we're about to do i think this week we're doing episode 50 um we have uh uh, there's this guy uh, charismatic that i met when i started doing uh comedies this big fucking beautiful nigerian motherfucker and he had this podcast he wanted to do called the King's Podcast, <clears throat> which was essentially like a relationship podcast. And him and I connected outside of uh, this one open mic we always do. And uh, we, were, we were just kind of like talking about dating and relationships and women. And like, I had just gone through like a huge journey in the year of like, I, you know, I got out of like a five-year relationship and stuff like that. I was kind of like, I was doing like a lot of like soul searching and trying to figure out like, just kind of like have a philosophy because I felt like, I feel like every relationship I was ever in, like I just kind of, you know, went through the ABCs of that. But anyways, I, I watched, I, I, I just, I was always been a huge fan of Patrice. Like Patrice is my favorite fucking comic. And uh, I kind of like, oddly enough, I, I didn't discover Black Phillip though, like until I kind of like needed to discover it. It was like the universe works, it does work in mysterious ways. Like I'm a huge fan of Patrice. I'd watched Elephant in the Room uh mr p like i watched all his stuff and somehow uh, like even watch o and a stuff somehow black philip evaded me until like i needed it most and i just connected so much with everything that like uh patrice o'neill said that dante nero said and like you know i still watch like beige philip man school 202 like i went like last month right right before the pandemic really like hit like dante came and was performing in worcester and it was tremendous and like just the way that they're they've because you know they, they're fucking like 50 you know i mean they spent their whole lives really sussing out and trying to understand women they've dealt with hundreds of women so it's like it, when they start telling you things 
and they they have a track record right and it's and it works and then you have people calling into their show going holy fuck this works and and then i started applying it to my life and it was fucking shocking how well it started working man like crazy and so it just started unlocking all sort of doors for me when it comes to like women and just understanding the fault the philosophy and dichotomy of men and women in a very honest sense that like a lot of people find uh, abrasive when I express it, but when they remove their ego beyond the abrasive words, I'm saying like the truth and the words is still there. So we started that podcast, the King's podcast, which is, you know, just trying to essentially it's looking at, you know, we, there's three hosts on it. Charismatic. He, he kind of grew up mostly around women. So he has this sort of, I, I jokingly call him the bitch whisperer because there's a lot of times I'll say this stuff and he'll be like, like god damn it irish he's like i want to disagree with you because of the way you said it but he's like the fucking like what you're saying is correct and then he'll just like he'll be like a translator and he'll say it to like a woman will freak out at what i'm saying and then he'll say the same thing but with his like you know special like uh translation to them and then they'll just get it and it's like yes we're saying the same thing so he's he's very good at kind of being a mediator and then the other one is uh this other comic animush and she's uh you know because we you can't inherently you can't have a relationship show because you know we're guys mostly we're going to talk about the male perspective um and so you, you still need like a woman's perspective in the room on a relationship show so definitely need some perspective some uh, balance there exactly so we've been doing that and honestly like this is the thing like it's funny i've been doing stc for like two and a half years and it's got like kind of a pretty solid cult following now um and king's has only been going for like 50 episodes but we do like two episodes a week but like people really like it. I don't know if it's just because I just and am uncompromising and abrasive to women and it creates great content or what. But like it's I don't know, man. Like it's just the, the philosophies they express are like some it's it's one of the things I connected most uh, in my entire life with was that and it was I was taught something and I went, holy shit, this fucking works like this shouldn't work, but it works. I uh I know what what you're talking about as far as like Patrice O'Neill and, and that like philosophy and stuff. Um, I've heard him talk about that and, and do bits about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you think? Um, and and honestly, talking going back to Patrice O'Neill and, and your love for him, mm -hmm. uh, when you were describing the STC podcast, that reminded me a lot of uh of him and and kind of his philosophy and his yeah. his um not even just his comedy but him on on appearances on uh on like alex jones or or yeah well it was it, he's just so insight dude it it i've never seen a person that was so fucking insightful about anything it could it could literally be anything like like he, he's giving an example once on black philip where he's, he's talking about how guys have it can be philosophical about anything he's like we could just sit here as guys and not get bored we could be fine while we're bored because we could just sit here and be like would you he's like would you fuck a guy would, he goes would you fuck a girl with no knees and he's like you know if you ask your boy that you say like, you know what the first thing he would do he goes a woman would freak the fuck out and be like what well, a, a boy a guy wouldn't freak out he'd go he'd, he'd bring his two fingers up to his lip and he'd go would i fuck a chick with no knees and he'd like think about he'd really like run through the logic the logistics of it and consider it even though it's a silly crazy hypothetical that might never happen like a guy will at least like run through that in his mind most women I find are incapable of, of hypothetical thought. Really? Like think about how many times, like, and I, I challenge guys to like, you know, try it. Like think about anytime you're trying to give a chick a hypothetical, just unconsciously going for it. Don't, don't say anything to her. Just give her like when you're, anytime you find yourself giving her a hypothetical example, watch like, Hey, would you ever uh, hypothetically blah, 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 
a lot of times if it's something that triggers something emotionally in them they will not play along huh like you know what i mean like I, most guys i talk to like and maybe it's just i just only talk to fucking honest guys like you even like you and me like open book like anything you want to know like pretty much i'll tell you outside of like you know my home address and like goofy shit like that but like you know what i mean like that's that's another thing i brought up to someone recently i'm like uh you know like if anyone that would try to like come at me like especially in like the boston comedy scene or trying like you know take me down or whatever it's like i've only ever present like you're not going to dig up anything on me because anything bad that i've ever done it's just out there. Like, dog, I've taken my dick out on top 20 iTunes podcasts. Like, it's out there. You can't, like, I'm, there's nothing to unfurl. Like, I've just completely open book because that's the only way that you can make sure no one can fuck with you. If you're completely honest about everything, how can they hold any power over you? I don't let anyone have power over me. Yeah, no, I, um, I get what you're, I, I get what you're saying towards that back end. Um, some of the stuff that you were saying before that about uh, women and, and the, the hypothetical and the emotional and um, I think what you were getting into was like them being controlling. Well, um, it's this, this is the thing though, is it's, they, they are there. What, what they are is abusive, but it's not their fault. Like, this is the thing too, is like, I never, anything on, especially on the Kings, like I always blame guys. It's always the guy's fault. Because women, women are just the way they are, like on a nature level. You know what I mean? You can't blame someone for their nature. Like the, they're, like I'm trying to think of the best way to express it. Like they just, you know what I mean? Like everything they do. Okay, perfect example. Like I always say, like guys need to be completely honest and everything. This is the thing about women, though. Is like women are not honest but they're not honest on a nature level like even even little tiny things because they don't want to think about how like women are uh are so nice and uh, have a nurturing like aspect that they don't even want to hurt your feelings like think of it think it's the same uh the easy easiest obvious example of that is like uh, a a mother to their to her like child typically is like very like oh like hey mom do i look goofy and she's like no son you you're handsome you look great but really you look like a fucking idiot you know what i mean like and she would never tell you that because she doesn't want to hurt your feelings. Like there's a lot well, of times your girlfriend, uh, anyone that has a, an attachment to you, they're, they're afraid to hurt. That's a female is afraid to hurt your feelings. So like, they're so nice. They just inherently lie, but it's on a nature level. So it's like, you can't really blame them for that. It's not like a malicious thing. Yeah. I kind of what you're uh, see what you're saying in that like, realm. W- women's dishonesty is, is like, n- is like natural guys are dishonest because we are, uh, work a lot most guys are fucking cowards and they're afraid to just be honest because sometimes being honest might mean that the chick's gonna throw a drink in your face or she's gonna say fuck you but this is the thing it's like why would you want to be in something where you can't be your complete honest self so what about what about the flip side of like that that motherly lying um you know that that you explain like like no you don't look goofy or whatever um and kind of that that tendency what about the flip side of that, which is not a lying niceness, but uh, what do you think about women who feel the inability, who feel more bottled up or have to build more walls or barriers because if they show any sort of niceness towards a male, such as myself or yourself, then we typically take it as flirting or she's interested in me 
and um so you're asking like what uh what what's the difference who what what about women who are withholding kindness because they don't want to be taken as um you know they're flirting with us or whatever okay oh i see what you're saying so you're talking about when the psychological effect that we have had on women because of our nature of, of just you know hound dog kind of guys that are fucking flirt with every girl and 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 pick up line kind of nature well okay but this is the thing what's what's i would argue there's nothing wrong with guys flirting with or hitting on women until the woman draws the line of like i'm not when she goes i'm not interested get lost then right. then the guy needs to fuck off like that's for sure like but but this is the thing is and it's it's this very weird fucking thing and and like to an extent i get it because it's out of like fear but like there's so many times where women will do this shit where they will they will feign and go along with something and then in retrospect be like 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 okay if you're fucking a chick right and she just and she doesn't verbalize but in her brain while you're fucking her thinks no you're technically raping her right you know what I mean? And, and and even if she's given you every indication of I, I want to fuck, even if she goes, yes, I want to fuck. Like she could go, she could go in retrospect, like, oh, well, I was um I was afraid that if I said no, you were going to assault me or whatever. And it's like, so you just decided that for both of us. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the kind of person where I don't fuck around with the word no. The moment no comes up. I don't fuck with you. We're it's it's over. It's done cuz especially in today's climate and it's like that's just out of respect for them and my own safety. So yeah. it's like and and you know maybe I I acknowledge that most guys are probably not that fucking uh with it. Uh but like they need to be better about that but also women need to be better about just goddamn vocalize a vocalizing no and being firm on it. They don't need to bullshit around and and, and don't put themselves like if if you're not like for the whole, you know, it's like the Aziz Ansari thing. It's like, don't go back to the guy's house. There's a certain implication there. Yes. It doesn't entitle him to something, but, but, but if you, if you, if you're a brain, you go, well, I, I don't automatically have to suck his dick. Correct. Sure. But if you're going to his house, you can also realize that that might give an indication or uh, that, that he might, he might perceive that that's the case, or you might put yourself in a position where then it becomes this thing where you go, Oh, actually, I don't want to suck your dick, which if you and your brain go, Oh, but then I'm going to be afraid to say something because I'm going to be alone in his house. And he's a man, then just don't go there in the first place. Like there's, there's just so many things like that. There's responsibility on both sides, but the, the problem is neither side really takes accountability. Um, so fuck man. I, I, I think there to that last part you were talking about, there is some truth to that, and it, and it is there. There are certain implications involved with certain scenarios, right? Not just the taking back to the house or whatever. Which and that word's key implications. That's a fault of guys too. Because let me tell you, anytime a chick's ever come over to my place, there is a very explicit paper trail that uh, uh, that I will have for legal reasons of, hey, if you're coming over, that's cool, but it will be to fuck and it is just that blunt and honest and i and if they don't give that okay i understand that that that, that and i make i make them say it i go no no no. i need to know that you know that you, when you're coming over here that's happening because there's not if if you come over on some hangout and smoke and then you go mm, i'm not really feeling it that's fine i respect that but then you can get the fuck out of my house 
and then I won't fuck with you. I've honestly had. I I get what I get what you're saying, and I respect that. Um, as far as with women go, and that goes, and uh, what so we're talking about the the implications and stuff like that, and and you're talking about how you avoid any of that by just being blunt um and that's there's nothing wrong with that um there's almost everything right with that it's it's honest um and i was going to say this before when you were talking about you know yes and no and and communication as a as a whole the human race we all need to work on our communication skills um the more that we can the better that we can communicate with each other especially people that uh conversations or communications is on a a sexual relationship passionate of of that nature um definitely need to work on your communication um but b when it comes to the implications i really like what you said and stuff um and I don't disagree with that philosophy if it works for you and it works for other people. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be a liar and sit here and act like I've never been blunt or been. Yeah. It's uh, hard to do, man, because as guys, we don't want to hurt their feelings, but that's, like that's, you, that's we, the thing. Cause I don't want somebody to, I mean, it's, not, it's, not that I'm saying I'm not okay with being sexually objectified, but at the end of the day, too, this is what I'm trying to get at. My with my, the best luck that I've had with women recently, because I've had a, a lot of problems with women in my past. You know what I mean? I, uh, for years, I, I, I was never like a, a ladies' man. You know what I mean? I, I was never really in relationships. Then when I did date yeah. a girl, it was for years upon years, and then um, the couple yeah. times I've tried to get in relationships in the past couple years. I've been just, I've wanted it too much. You know what, what I mean? What do you mean by wanted it too much? Like you, you, you felt like, like Desire. you were so like, I need this relationship. I want it. Not even necessarily a relationship, but, but, uh, uh, um, sex or physical interaction. What Pussy, the fuck? Cause pussy is a powerful weapon. It's fucking powerful, dude. And um what i'm trying to get at is that is i've had bad luck and some of it's been because of the way that i get and the way that i uh whatever the way that i act and what i have found the best for me recently is to just be my fucking fullest self and just be the way that i would be with with you if and um when scenarios do when certain scenarios do arise with a woman where you think that there is going to be where where, where there's implications those social contracts um kind of implications that are subliminally put on us you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um like i i because i i'll tell you a perfect example of that when you're done when, when you can when you can be in those moments with the opposite sex in a non-expectational zone in your head and just carry yourself in conversation and, and, and being with that person the way that you fucking always would, 
um, and cancel out expectations, that's when I've had my best luck. That's when I've made my yes. connections. You know what I mean? And, and it hasn't been, you know, don't get me wrong. I love sex, but it hasn't necessarily been about um, sex. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. There's definitely a, a place for, I think we're, I think, two we're both coming from different places there's there's kind of the the booty call tinder whatever this is what it is this is what you're coming over for but there's also kind of like uh hey i kind of genuinely care about this person on a personal on on a level on a person level you're a but fucking- like but but like after how much time because uh, i mean it is i would argue this is the thing right like for me i always find that with women it's it's what what we want at first is always sex like if you see a chick at a bar right you see her at the other end of the bar i don't know that she's charming from the other end of the bar i don't know that she's funny that she like that that any of this all i know and all a guy gives a shit about at first is is hmm yeah i would fuck her that's at first and this is the thing a lot of women freak out when i say that but they have to understand that's just for a guy we are like until we i i tell women this all the time like you don't get an honest guy until you fuck us you know what i mean because a guy will say and this is where guys fuck up because guys aren't honest they will say fucking anything a girl be like oh my god do you like peaky blinders i love that show and you as a guy you might not give a frenchman's fuck about peaky blinders but you will fucking compromise yourself and your integrity and go, oh, my God. Yeah, I love that show. It's so great. I watch it all the time on Netflix. And it's like, why lie? Why wouldn't you go, I, I, listen, I don't care about that. I don't care about your cats. I want fuck. I know I want to fuck you. I don't know if you want to fuck me, but this is what I'm coming to the table wanting. So let's not beat about. Let's just whatever happens. Let's just not beat around the bush that at, at, at first, at least that's what I want. And then after we fuck. I go, cool. What else is there? Because a lot of times I think that women that uh, because, you know, women are like, well, what are you saying that all we are is is pussy? And it's like pussy isn't all I want unless pussy's all you got. But I don't know until you guys have this sickness programmed into them on a nature level. Well, we don't know that until you fuck us. Once you fuck us, we go like this fucking it's like we wake up from a trance and then we go, okay, what else is there? Do I want to hang out with this? Pussy isn't all I want until I realize pussy is all you got. Because if, but then at the same time, it's like I I can't. If a if a woman fucks you right away, it forces her to be more than her pussy. I have a hard time carrying on a, a romantic or sexual relationship with somebody if I don't click with them. And like like if you're fucking dumb, like I can't. I. But that I, right. But then it might just be a fuck, right? But I mean. I've had, all right, I had this girl that I hooked up with, like, back in 2018, 2019. Okay. And, um, you know, really sweet girl, really pretty girl. And we, like, you know, we talked and shit. And, like, you know, we were just kind of bullshitting back and forth, flirting. And then we hooked up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we did the process that you were talking about. And, we, and part of your confidence came from you weren't, you weren't necessarily trying to get anything, but you were just, you were being playful. And it's like, cause women can tell when a guy's being thirsty, like you have to not be trying to get a girl to get a girl. It's like, it, it sounds fucking dumb and like some like, yeah. Ooh, mysterious thing, but it's like, 
it's almost like acid. That's the weird thing. It's like acid. You can't get what it's like until you get it. Like you hear me say all this fucked up stuff or, and I'll, I'll admit it sounds on the surface level kind of misogynistic, but once you implement it, like you can ask the chick I'm with right now, dude, she's fucking like, she's like, I've never been treated better. And I say all the shit I'm saying. And that, and that, that acid kind of philosophy is, is what I was initially trying to explain is that when I don't want it, that's, and, and it's, it's not just with women, the universe is paradoxical yeah. in that way. The, the entire thing is paradoxical in nature. It's the, it's like the more you fucking want something, the less chance that you're going to get it. It's you like know? the universe views it as arrogance. It's like, if you want it so bad, like, fuck you, wait. And when the time is right, I'll let you have it. It's like, the more you want it, it's like you, it's you, like you weirdly push it away. It's like any opportunity, like, and I'm sure, I, I know so many people who have had like an opportunity in life where like something big, right? That they were like, oh my God, this thing is going to happen. And then you tell a bunch of people and you're like, you get everyone all riled up and then it falls through and you're like, fuck. And then like, and then you go, fuck, I'm never going to tell people about shit until I have it in writing. <laughs> Yep, I was talking to uh, somebody from the church about that recently. Do you know John Riley from the church? Uh, I don't think so. He produces like a lot of music and makes music for like, um, his stuff's been getting on like ESPN and and Hulu, and yeah, like that. That's what's um, up, church fam. Something else really significant too that is his music got, you know, somebody bought some music that he produced. Mm-hmm. But but him and I were kind of talking. I you know I have reached out to him and was like, hey, you know, I see everything you're doing. I just wanted to congratulate you, or you know, da da da. From you know, from creator to creator, performer to performer, because I really do love seeing other other people's creations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I asked him what what was he working on next, and what what was going out next, and and he didn't want to tell me for that reason that you explained because it's like of times that i have put this out into the universe to other people and told them about something ahead of time it's fallen through yep. talking about business and he actually compared that you know music projects to women Fact. You know, uh, you know the times that i've been like yeah i'm gonna hook up with this girl look look she's sending me new or what the fuck ever that's when it falls <laughs> that's when it doesn't work out yep but my that that album I put out with my band, dog. I've been talking about putting out a fucking piece of shit album out for fucking like seven years at least, at least. And it was just, it was literally. You know how many times I put out updates of like, we're gonna have news soon, we're gonna have news, and then I was like, I'm just gonna stop saying that until I have fucking news to give because I sound yeah. like a piece. I'm a piece of shit to act like there's news coming and it just gets delayed or whatever. And it's just like, ugh. Well, it's like I do, I do believe in like speaking things into existence and like manifesting or whatever but there is like um you can totally fuck yourself in that way man (laughs) it's it's you know what it is like let's let's get quasi spiritual before i get back to beating up women what do you what do you think like, uh, do, do you believe in any kind of higher power? And if so, like, what's your interpretation of it? So, um, yeah, I believe in higher, a higher power, Joey. I've been really getting into, like, I mean, I, obviously, I take a lot of psychedelics. So, yeah, they're, they're like, 
a lot of people who are religious and do psychedelics or a lot of psychedelic literature you might read they'll tell you that that's like um it's like a, a mystical steroid basically you know what i mean um mm. so uh, i'm definitely into like mystical spiritual things um i think mystical is the best possible word for me to use it's a good word people have like a cult has bad connotation um yeah but I definitely read a lot of mystical literature. My my interpretation of a higher power is uh, it's it's hermetic. You know, it, it it's an it's an all it's an all source. It's it's uh, it's a spirit. It's an ether. It's an electromagnetic force. So okay, so we basically probably believe about the same thing because usually the the way I describe it is uh, is like the the force from star wars minus the whole like i can move shit uh, like minus the whole like you know i can i can pick up objects and fucking like wave a hand and fucking make someone repeat words back to me kind of thing like uh that sort of energy like in the universe and everything that, that's around us like that's kind of what i think yeah I, I definitely believe in a we're in the mind of or or we are of some ultimate force and it is uh i think it's 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 shapeless and sexless yeah it's just an it's some form of energy when yeah. and like maybe that interpretation is different for each individual person maybe we all feel it the same way it's hard to say because it's because that's always the weird thing right is it's like you're like how because i've always wondered like like we all go like this is red. We all go. This is this is what red is. But like, I wish that I could like my left eye see my left eye's red and my right eye see your left eye's red. And like, are we seeing the exact same red? Like you know, like we all I go like this is red. But is our are we actually seeing the same shit? And like I just wondered like, do people see like if things actually get like different like you know what i mean like how we actually see what it, what it actually would be like to be a different person like that kind of shit's so like heavy to me for some reason maybe just so, I'm uh, stoner fuck something that we all, something we usually talk about on your podcast is uh perspective mm. so right that we, yeah. we've i think we've done a couple podcasts of yeah. yours end up being my, one of my favorite moments ever was you cap capping off a fantastic rant and then you were like it's goddamn perspective and then you pranced around the room back and forth in front of the camera like fucking macho man randy savage you just hear scott off camera just oh perspective we've <laughs> <laughs> done it a couple times um my new one uh and, and this really does tie but perception mm. um and, and how we per perceive the universe, um, and I think I think there are different levels of perception, like like you're talking about. There, you know, yeah. there's there's different planes. You know, if if you there's have di there's different planes of perception, and then there's just different perception even on a human level between people, because some people are just in general more perceptive than other people. It's wild right just on a on like an intellectual perception but it's also an inception perception I, I but also like you were talking about like a visual perception i, I definitely think there's different 
a, a spectrum, you know, if you had my left eye and your right eye, would this red lighter look the same shade of, yeah. of you know what I mean? Or, and then or, how much does influence play into it? Would it look the same shape? Or yeah, what? exactly. Would it look the same shape? Would it be the same shade? Would, uh, would we, would our perception of it have anything, uh, be all, would our perception of it have it be altered by our influence that we've had in life? Would right. that somehow alter how we perceive, uh, red? Like, uh, would you per- perceive the depth between the lighter and the phone? Right. Or, right. Et cetera. You know, would, would the, would you perceive the fe- the how the lighter feels in your hand the same? Uh, right. Do we do we because we, we you got to think about it, even like weed right like weed marijuana have four twenty everyone affect it, it, every strain like affects uh, like you know what I mean people are affected differently by different strains. What so about like about taste perception? Not everything tastes great to me that tastes great to you. Cilantro, exactly. Soap to some people, metal to others, and it tastes delicious to people like me. And, and, and this, this comes to another thing too, it's, I always talk about, it's like the whole concept of equals. Like, I don't really believe there's a concept of equal other than we should all be treated respectfully and like everyone have an equal voice. But a lot of people go like, we're all equal. And it's like, we're not, we're all different. I go, even the, the, the very nature that I, I might think apples are shitty and you might like apples, that alone makes us different enough that we're not, that we're not equal. Well, yeah, we're, we're we, should different. Be, we should be treated the same. I shouldn't be able to go, well, Scott likes apples and I don't. So fuck him. He can't vote. And he's, he's three fifths a person. It shouldn't be like that, but it's just merely like, it's a, di- it's different. We're, we're the same, but we all have different experiences. Exactly. Exactly. Some of ours crossover, right. And yeah. We- buddies because of that and we let's ride the greyhound and do ask <laughs> podcast um so an- another thing about perception is and this is where i get into weird mystical almost <laughs> magic realms um <laughs> so <clears throat> so we're talking about perception and we're talking about how we perceive things how we view the universe mm-hmm. Um, words shape the universe yes words shape our perception you wouldn't you wouldn't know what red is if that would just be what it is it would just be that yeah it's only red because somebody at some point assigned it red and you were taught that that's what red is the concept of red was incepted into you so because of because of words shaping perception it already changes the way a lot of people perceive the world just in a, on a practical level. Yeah. Some people grow up and become raging fucking racists. Yeah. You know what you understand? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't, pers- I can never understand how anybody could have like genuine hate for an entire group of people. It's like, I've had my, I, I've had hate in my heart for fucking, a couple of people of a couple of different races but it's like their race had no factor it's like that person was just a piece of shit you know what i mean it's like i've never i i don't understand like i i it's it, it's just wild to me on like in, in terms of racism how like you could you could just you know what i mean like yeah i've had a shitty experience with a black person before i don't go like well 
they're all bad. Like, just what kind of a psycho does that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a sad world, and it exists all over the world, not just in America. I would argue that racism is even worse in Europe, uh, where the countries are all closer together. Um, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot more national pride, a lot of nationalism. Well, and that's the thing, right? No one calls out. Um, I hate to pile on China, but why not? Uh, it's like you know, no one calls out the fact that China's probably, and I'm just throwing a number out there, ninety percent Chinese, and that that might be generous. It might even be more. But it's like, do you think that there's any diversity quotas in China? Do you think that people are going like? Well, um, we have to consider how other non-Chinese people, they, they go, fuck you, adapt to our culture, or fuck you. They, they, they legit like have that attitude. And it's like, that's by American standards racist, but like nobody called, like, and I, I always bring that point up to women too, even with like feminism. I go like, yes, there's probably a lot, a lot that could still be done in this country for women, for sure. They've done a lot and have come a long way. However, um, I would argue that the women in Iraq are still fucking back in the stone ages. So why don't they, why don't all the feminists in America mount up and go try and bring some of that positive energy and change into effect over there? You know why? Cause it's, it's more convenient to just complain and stay here, even though things are pretty good. It's like, I think that if you, if, if it's really, if you find that it's really that bad and there's that much injustice to women in the world, go out and effectively try and make that change. And I don't know. It's the thing I run into constantly with, with, with women. It's like, all I'm at, I, I actually, I, I, I love women. I love, even though I sound like I hate women, I love women. I just want them. I want women to be the best that they can be. And, yeah. and I don't, I don't, I don't let them get by on excuses or, cause it, this is the thing. It's like a lot of times, like, like, like a lot of times men just give into what women want. And I think that that does them a disservice because it's like, you know, it's, it's no different than if like, if you, if you fuck up, if, if a girl breaks up with you, right. And you're like, fuck, you're like, and you're like, what, anytime you've ever thought, what did I do wrong? And you didn't get an answer. It fucks with you. And it's like, why, why would, why would you want to leave, you know, just give into a chick's, to a chick's demands and will just cause you want to appease her. And like, that's, a big thing that I've learned in like with all this mentality is just having the ability to say no to a woman. Like I'm sure like we, every guy can attest to a time in the past. This is just a real easy thing. It's like you, you've been with a chick or whatever. And she's like, you might be in the middle of something. You might be playing video games. You might be writing. You might be playing with your balls. You don't know what, whatever you might be just doing something, having a good time. And she goes, let's watch something. You want to watch something? And you really don't want to fucking watch something, but you know that she wants to interrupt the good time that you're having right now to watch something. And, and how many guys can tell me like they, every guy has given into that and been like, yeah, let's watch something. And you sacrifice your own happiness to sit through some dumb show or some horseshit that you really don't want to watch. You really don't want to do it. And it's nothing against her. It's nothing about that. It's go, you, you go, my time is precious to me. I don't want to fucking watch this dumb show. I want to be doing what I want to be doing. Yeah, I can definitely, um, but that, that comes with sacrifice. I mean, how much do you think that women that you've been with have put up with dumb shit that we want to do, you know what I mean? Oh, a woman has to put up with a lot to be with me, but I'll be honest with you. They, they know coming in exactly what they're signing up for. And, and, and the, when they take problem with it, I'll tell you what happens when a, when a woman takes problem with it when they're with me is because a woman's journey is to try and change when you get when you get with a chick right and again this is none of this is a woman's fault it's just it's just how they are uh they when a woman's like a little girl right she creates this idea of like a prince charming in her head 
And she, when she gets in a relationship, it's her unconscious mission to turn you in from whatever you are into her perception. King in that word, perception of Prince Charming is. Into the prince. But the, uh, what the problem is, is she came on board with you acting like, with you acting the way that you are. So you have a guy's journey has to be staying the motherfucker that he is when she came on board because she came on board thinking you were cool like that. When, when girls end up getting bored and they leave you, it's because they, they allow you, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a no-no word when they, when they, cause women fag us up into what, into this vaginal shit of what a guy naturally isn't going to go do the whole booby boo boo bear, like rub the thumb over the, we, they make us do that. And once they do that and they take our manhood from us, okay, then then they leave us because that's that's not who they signed up for to date. They want the guy that they dated, but they unconsciously are trying to change you from that. So you have to fight hard and it sucks because you have to be colder than you want to be to them sometimes. You wanna you wanna do the boo it's part where the resentment is you want to do the booby boo boo bear shit. But if you do that, inherently on down the road they will lose respect for you and get bored because once a woman feels like she she's got you and knows all your shit she inherently gets bored and is done with you see i i there is there is truth to what you are saying but it's not necessarily the the whatever the 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 cutesy wootsy shit um because i i i like doing certain stuff too and but yeah, I don't want to watch fucking musicals, but, um, you know, I, li- I like going, I, I, I like going out to nice dinners or what the fuck ever, or yeah. doing things or cuddling, um, or whatever. What it is, is you can't neuter yours. All right. For me right now, <clears throat> if I were to stop if if being serious in a relationship right meant for me to stop pursuing my comedy oh it's it's that's an easy decision for you well no then that should mean for her that we can't be together anymore well dog that's that's it's exactly what my my mentor that uh like i work with for like producing and stuff like he taught me he's like he's been with his wife for 30 years and he told her when she right when she came on board he goes don't ever make me choose between you and the music because you'll be the fatality he just told her that flat out if you make me if you ever put me in that position to choose i'm choosing music so know that so don't be upset and shocked if you put me in that position because you know the answer you know what will happen and that's the thing a lot of guys what i what i don't like is guys sacrificing their own happiness and, and, and I see a lot of that happening because it's like, guys have to understand, like for me, a girl can only be the fourth most important thing in my life. And, and this is a thing I, I, this is another Patrice quote that I learned. And it, it just, it fucking made sense to me. You gotta, it's the order has to be you, your career, your mother, if you know, if you're close to your mother and then you, and you could say, you could substitute mother for family, whatever, but like, and a girl has to understand that. And, and you can't, like, guys literally lose themselves in girls sometimes. And that's where they fuck up. Like, you've got you've to have it where if they walk out of your life, it's like, what would you really miss? Right. You think about any girl, you're like, what would you really right. miss? It's, well, it's pussy at first. What it is, is you can't become codependent. You both have to be 
interdependent. It's okay yeah. for a woman to be independent and for you to be independent. Yeah. But once what you do is you learn how to synchronize that independence and it's called interdependence. And you're right, you can't kill yourself to, to be with somebody. And you're right as a man, as a human being, you're not just man or woman, yourself, your whatever it is, your career or, or your whatever it is, your, I guess your career, you know what I mean? Your, your creative passion, whatever that thing is, those two things have to come before a relationship. And then, like you said, your mother or your father or your fan, your, your, your child or your dog for me, mm -hmm. those things, the way that I have my career lined up, the, the way that my life is with my dog and, and especially with the fucked up life that I've lived and, and, and uh, years of therapy and, and psychedelics and meditation that I need, I need to work on myself, my career and my dog before I focus on a relationship. Exactly. And not have one. That just means these three things come first. Well, and you can't give your all to a chick because you have to save a bit for yourself if she leaves you, if she fucks you over. Like the guy, there's so many guys that you see them all fucking devastated. It's because they gave their their everything to a chick. It's like you can't do that. Ways that totally goes both ways. Um, yeah. let's get back into perception, and then we'll finish off on uh, we'll finish off on women. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just like we always do. Hey. So um have you ever smoked DMT or done a massive amount of uh psilocybin mushrooms? Uh so in regards to DMT, I've done DMT, but I haven't wow. I haven't ever broken through. But did you still have like open eye visuals? I had a a little bit of visuals, but you know what it was? It was like the visual to me was like everything felt incredibly high definition and i felt like um i felt almost like men who stare at goats level where i felt like just sitting in a room i could look at anything and understand like how it was put together and how it worked or i understood like like i could just sit here and go like uh there's three outlets in this room and i would just be right like i just felt like i had like this insane heightened perception like you had psychic abilities y yeah that like that's what it felt like do you believe in psychic abilities uh to an extent i don't know that there's like really anything at all what's that you study eastern philosophy at all or listen to like alan watts uh not enough to be able to act like i know anything about it in like the eastern religion communities and mysticism psychic abilities aren't like unheard of or like a strange phenomenon i believe it i think it's probably like kind of rare but and and I think uh, well rare in the sense that people that have it with a tangible uh, understanding and use of it I'm sure like a lot of people have it because um, there's all kinds of there, dude like I'm sure you have plenty of deja vu moments that are like things where you go I know that I vividly dreamed this like months prior to it happening. I think I saw one time somebody said I can't remember who it was it was like. Um what if deja vu is like a, a, a parallel universe, right? Um, and that like your existence now and on a parallel universe, their orbits are kind of like syncing up in that moment. Uh, right? So there's like a weird like disturbance where there's like a bit of a crossover. Right, right. Um, 
another theory for, for deja vu is like and this one i do kind of believe because this uh, i have deja vu a lot when i'm tripping and when you're tripping your synapses and your brain is firing off really fast and that's what's causing some of your your uh hallucinations is, mm. is because your your retina is fucking taking shit in at such a quick like uh rate of speed or like uh um like shutter rate or whatever you know what i mean like, mm. like a, so what i think uh, another theory for deja vu is that like your you're like seeing it you're like seeing it pers you're like seeing it perceiving it remembering it like bef like an instant before you see it experience it mm. that 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 your brain is like moving faster than your body is yeah so like it can't keep up with and actually process or interpret what's going on right 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 it's like a processor malfunction um i mean there's also like the matrix the the matrix theory um, yeah where it's like a glitch in the system yeah they, they change something uh, well because it's it's weird to me because the sensation is oh for anytime i i go like whoa like i've like deja vu kind of like been here kind of thing I, it's always where I can instantly remember back to the like where I went like oh I remember like six months ago I fucking like dr like vividly dreamed this where it was like right. like like the people were there but it's like in the dream I I didn't have the perception within the until the event the deja vu occurred I didn't have the perception fully revealed where I go like holy shit that was this person in that dream and blah blah blah, blah. and then like it was vividly obvious it's it's weird because it's like in the dream. I can see their face clearly, but it's like I almost can't assign the name to it until the deja vu happens, which is weird because it's like if I could do that, in theory, maybe I can see the future, but probably not. Exactly. So, yeah, you can you can reverse engineer that, right? If you can learn how your deja vu is working and you unplug from screens and, and stimulants and all those outside sort outside consciousness, right? No. And you can learn how to tap into the fucking collective conscious or whatever you want to call it, where deja vu and premonition comes from. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you can learn how to control to tap into that. Then you can have psychic abilities or see the future, right? Facts. There's a pathway to anything in life. Right? Um, there's got to be something to that. But all right, we were talking about... Um, we were talking about perception and um i asked you about dmt and we went down the, the psych yeah, yeah so oh uh, yeah dmt haven't broken through and then the other one you asked me was uh mushrooms yeah i've done mushrooms a bunch of times i love mushrooms um do you do you take them plain old or do you do you ever lemon tech them no you've told me to do that before actually dude it's it's a fantastic thing for anyone Anyone that has, uh, that likes doing mushrooms, I know, I know a lot of people that often get like this, they'll, you know, there's the classic association with mushrooms that you get like the stomach pain and like vomiting and stuff like that. Um, I learned this trick to fucking avoid it. And it's, it is actually science, even though I probably was like a B, B average student in science. Um, so the reason that stomach pain happens, right, is because when the mushrooms interact with the acidity of your stomach, 
a conversion process happens and it goes from being uh and i always fuck this up but it's it goes from one to the other but it's, it's like from psilocybin to psilocin or it's the other way around i can never remember and that process is what causes that um what you can do to avoid that is if you take the mushrooms and put them in a cup like break them up a little bit right saturate them in lemon juice like enough to, so that they're kind of floating in it a little bit and you just let it sit for 30 minutes the acidity of the lemon juice acts like your stomach acid and it does the process in the cup so then 30 minutes later when you just fucking shoot pinch your nose and shoot the cup um the it's already you're just getting the pure conversion and i think that it's a cleaner b never had any stomach issues and anyone i've recommended it to never any stomach issues and c maybe this is just a, a my perception but it feels a bit stronger um I, and i imagine the vitamin c from the lemon juice helps your tremendous the worst part is the is the taste but dog if you just fucking shoot it ain't no thing um so my my only thing with that personally is i had an ulcer in seventh grade mm. so now when i eat spicy food like um pretty much anything like acidic or tomato mm. based or, or, or fuck you, up. you know what you can do ready you know how they make those little like uh gas station like smoothie things like the little the, the, like naked drinks or whatever you that's can right. just you can just dump it in that and just drink that that's true all right that's all what right. i usually do sometimes if i'm lazy and i'm like uh, i'm like i don't want to just shoot this lemon just some of that citrus yeah because if i drink too much uh like citrus it'll fuck me up dude it'll fuck my guts up yeah um so what i wanted to ask you about the dmt was one of the last times i smoke i always get that high definition open eye thing too but mine was like beyond high definition over to like third eye definition oh, and shit. What by that is you could still see the regular environment right like like my friends the porch the street the cars the lampposts but everything was a little bit bubblier or it looked like it was from like a clown realm or like fucking a, a Dr. Seuss realm. You know what I mean? Every, yeah. All all the shapes to everything kind of changed a little bit. Like they were, you could, st it was still a shape of a car, but the, the, uh, the edges weren't as sharp. You know, everything was more rounded. Things started melding together a little bit. Yes. That is what I wanted to talk to you about. So one thing that happens is you're, you kind of lose the depth perception and everything becomes one fabric, right? Yeah. Have you ever experienced that on a hot of mushrooms or, or DMT <clears throat> or mescaline? If you've ever taken mescaline? Yeah, I would say, I would say a couple times on mushrooms, but I would say the most intense ever was uh was on acid actually and it was acid i got off the silk road yeah another great i don't know why i didn't yeah acid same effect it was like i it was like the first time i allegedly ever ordered off the silk road um and i allegedly got 125 uh micrograms of like i think it was czechoslovakian crystal or something it was called but it was funny it was funny it came and i was like i remember i was living funny enough i bullshit you not in north bergen new jersey i was living in north bergen new jersey where joey diaz grew up nice. uh, right near the uh the garden state plaza mall and um 
and I was in my bedroom and I had done a lot of acid before this. Like I think right the last trip before I had done like 300 micrograms. So I was like 125. I go, I'm gonna make a cool music playlist. I'm just going to kind of hang out in my room, maybe play some video games, listen to music, just chill. And I was, I took it and I was just, I was just like, it always goes with me and you Scott Orton. I was, I was looking out a window, smoking some weed, looking at a tree. And there was just this sudden shift. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, and and it, it's when I learned like, like there is a, just we were talking about earlier, like putting an arrogance out into the universe. Like there's even an arrogance to taking acid. Cause like, I was like, oh, 125 ain't shit. But I didn't consider that it was insanely pure acid. And dog, I just, I literally crawled into bed I blindfolded myself and hit play on the the music and just put these fucking headphones on. And I just sat there and went to a different fucking universe. Like, I like, uh, just faceless beings, like the, just on all cylinders, just like, like it started like when I put the blindfold on it was, I swear to God, it was almost like virtual reality, like went on and I was standing at the top of like a grand Canyon. But if I looked everywhere, it was just nothing for miles in sight just fucking like that kind of like terrain and just kind of dark in the background and then just a what i could perceive to be a deep bottomless abyss and i was like should i jump into it and then i and then i was like i turned around in this place and i and i and i put my back to it and i was i kind of went like this and i was going to start leaning back and then i sat up in bed and took the the shit off and i was like Whoa. i was like that was kind of fucking scary and then i was like sitting there for a minute and i went fuck it i literally just went fuck it and then i went and i'm talking like the moment i pulled the blindfold down just like instantly like back there and then i just fell back into it and then just yeah i just kind of like just there was i i've ceased to be a singular thing it was just kind of like a, a synesthesia like uh meld like you were talking about so um with acid that definitely the same thing uh the same effect can happen to you on acid and um, for me on acid, what happens with seeing the connection between everything mm -hmm. is usually like on a, on a symbolic or, or a linguistic level, but also when it comes to visually, it's like a geometric level and I can see, it's like, I can see the energy waves between things. I can see how they're mm. bouncing geometric pattern or i can see like uh the geometric pattern in the clouds or i can see like geometric patterns surrounding a bird as it like cuts through the sky Interesting. You know, um what i think that is um all right so so last time i smoked dmt i was telling you um everything i kind of lost my depth perception and everything became like one fabric, you know, the, 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 the trucks, the road, the, the building, the tree, my friend, there was no separation between them other than like color and some outline. They're, they're, they're paper Mario. There was, there was no depth between them. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that, but everything was in like a high definition color and my friend I remember specifically had like these tribal like 
mystical symbols like painted on his face. He looked like a clown that had like Egyptian hieroglyphs all over his face. It was amazing. Um, but there's this really great quote from William Blake in this book called The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. And what it is is when the doors of perception are cleansed, things will appear to man as they truly are. Infinite. It's fucking and, and um i mean you know about string theory and the concept that everything is one everything vibrates every, every everything vibrates yeah so i think what happens is when you take a certain amount of psychedelics it slows the, the you know you know the space in between it slows those vibrations down or your mind becomes less concerned with that depth because it feels that it doesn't need it for the you know utility reasons mm. that it needs it to differentiate space and time um for survival um so there's this other book uh the doors of perception by aldous huxley um and also another essay in it called heaven and hell so the doors of perception is a book where aldous huxley he writes these two essays um, about the mescaline experience and mm. it really describes kind of the same concepts that we're talking about as far as the, the infinite of the universe, the, the melding of self and not self. Um, but it's um, super interesting the way that he explains it as far as like, he, he, he sees it as like there's a there's an other world you know what i mean there's there's kind of this world and other world and they exist simultaneously on top of each other but what it is is our minds have to differentiate things and and um for genetic survival purposes mm. um, and when you take certain psychedelics it allows it allows that drip that comes from the spiritual world, you know, mm -hmm. and dreams and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it kind of opens the faucet a little bit. Fucking faucet. Um, and when you take psychedelics, you can really see that and you can start to see the nature of the the infinites of things. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of helps change your perception. And it's still hard to keep in mind, you know what I mean? It, you know, I, I'll, I'll leave this room today and, and if... I, if I encounter the wrong person or have the wrong phone call, it might affect me in the wrong way because my perception is askew. But um, really, at the end of the day, I just think we're all, we all come from that, that infinite force and we are equal, but we are different, you know, uh, because we have different experiences. We're, we, we, we grow in different vessels, but part of the point of this existence is to compare and contrast our experiences to hopefully fucking learn from each other, you know, and, and alter our perspective and our perception of what this world is and, and, and what, a, what our purpose is. I would agree with, I would agree with everything except for the, the equal, but different thing. So I think that's a bit of a oxymoron. If it's different, it can't exactly be equal. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, I know I mean I know what you're saying. I'm kind of just being a nitpicky cunt because you know my MO, but and I've been known to contradict myself. Um, you, know, you asked me earlier about what my my conception of God or higher power is. You know, yeah. I told you what it is, but I have other theories that I think might be possible too. Yeah. Well, and, and a, a more tangible example too of like the the what I'm arguing against the equal but different thing too is like uh there was like an episode of kings i was arguing with this woman and she was like she, she said you disrespected me like a man and i was like i can't respect you like i respect a man and she was like what does that mean and i i'd explain her i go i was i didn't care i looked at charismatic sitting across from me i go i go the respect i give someone like charismatic or the respect i give you scott or fucking ek is that like we're all men if we really disagreed enough right we could take it to a physical place and get in a fight you can't, so I can't do that with a woman, no matter how upset or annoyed I get with a woman because of society. I can't do that. People could argue, argue moral too, but so inherently, I can't give the same respect that I give to you to a woman. That doesn't mean it's necessarily a lesser than, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, anything other than it's, it's a different respect in the same way that you, you love your mother differently than you would love your girl. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just different but it's not, it can't be equal because it's, it's, it it is different. Yeah. Um, and I personally think that, man, um, I think that is, uh, I mean, what about Paige Van Zandt? Does she get the same respect from you or does she get, does she get more respect from you than, than I do? Cause she can fuck you up but you know what but and and that's fair that's fair she could fuck me up i'm a i'm a 27 year old uh out of shape nobody talking into a mic and she's a she's a phenom however she's not better than her male equivalent right right (laughs) and and that's that's where i go to women i go is that really equal because it's like that and that's like the uf that's a perfect example bring up Paige van zandt because it's like you bring up her male uh let's just say sage north Northcutt, whether or not that's actually true or not let's just for the name of putting uh, a name to it let's yeah, yeah. they're equal it's like it's like it's it, it's like for them to be equal it's not like like it's just this can't happen but even on a societal level level also he like she can't step up to man level because of the physiological difference and everything so the guy has to kind of be a bit submissive and come down to their level and i get that that sounds super misogynistic and condescending but remove that feeling from it like the the logic behind it is is true like a guy does have to kind of submit and that's it's you know what it is it's the king queen system that i always preach it's a famous fucking patricism it's it's right if a king if you're a king scott you're a goddamn king sir if you if, if you're a king, right, and you, you, you're, let's just say, uh, pick a country, Scott, who, where you want to be king of? Germany. Germany. Scott is the king of Deutschland, all right? He's got riches, he's got everything, he's got power, he's a king, okay? If Scott went and married a nobody bum woman off the street, a homeless lady, just by Scott marrying her, she automatically gets elevated to the highest position queen she's automatically a queen just by you marrying her now if you reverse it and this is a genius thing that patrice and dante you say all the time if you reverse it right if, if you had a queen and she goes out and marries just a, a bum homeless guy off the street what does he become he doesn't become the king he's the queen's husband 
See, a woman in the position of power doesn't, and at least in a relationship sense, doesn't elevate a man to his highest level. It's natural for them to be under, under us, but I get how that inherently sounds like some crazy misogynistic concept, but it's an implication. It's not. You can talk to any chick I've been with. They ain't been abused. They ain't been treated bad. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing I wanted to ask you. And, and um, but I'm, not trying to, I, I'm not trying to attack you. I don't think you're a bad guy. No, I not do, at all, dog. I disagree with some of the things that, that you are saying and, and I've expressed how I've whatever, but it's, you know. I'm a spicy fuck. Neither <laughs> here nor there. And hey, dude, I have my ways too. I'm, I'm no fucking peach. I, I'm, I'm not going to act like I haven't been an asshole. Or, or like I can't be misogynistic. You're like more I, like a juicy mango. Dude. Um, but do you, do you think some of your abrasiveness towards women comes from bad past relationships, from, from resentment of ex-girlfriends? You know, that's, that, that's what always gets brought up. That's usually one of like women's first things is they, they do some shit where they go like, Oh, you're just bitter because some woman like hurt you or something like that. And it's like, it's not that it's like those things, if anything, help me get to where I'm at now, because, but when I was in those situations, I wasn't putting my happiness first, my abrasiveness and everything is, is that I'm, if you weren't, it, it's, 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 if you you ever been in a car with a, it's like this, you ever been in a car and you, with a chick and you, you're bumping some fucking tunes and you're just having a good time driving, blah, 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 and she just keeps turning the fucking radio down? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I watched my, I watched Charismatic do this one time and it was genius. It was one of the reasons we're good friends. He, a chick did that to him and he just paused and he looked at her and he goes, let me ask you a question. What do you think I would do if you weren't here? And she goes, uh, probably leave the volume up and he goes there you go that that's what i would be doing to have a good time why are you coming into my life doing anything that doesn't equate to adding to a good time your job is not life is shitty and hectic enough by yourself that another person their job isn't isn't to come in and add strife now there's upon taking on another person in your life yes there's natural things like someone uh, uh they might have fam a family issue come up or they might have a financial like that that's not what i'm talking about but i'm talking about just the little fucking nitpicky annoying shit like like when a woman has because a woman always does shit with pretense what are you doing tonight nothing oh well if you're not doing anything you want to go to a movie i might not well i might want to i might be doing nothing and i don't want to go to a movie but you can't most guys feel like they can't say that because then it's going to start a whole argument so they just go it's just easier to go to the movie and get it over with. Fuck that. I'm not even willing to compromise that. I feel like if you're coming into my life and you're going to be with me, I'm going to be, we're not together. It's another famous quote. We're not together. I'm with you. You're with me. So I should, I shouldn't feel like my life, my precious time in life, the only life that I have is being hindered or I'm having to compromise what my ultimate happiness would be because of your feelings 1000 percent, i agree with that and, and it's, it, i'm just abrasive about expressing that yeah and I, and i should go back and say um for everything that i haven't disagreed with you on i fully agree with you on um because there's a lot of merit to the things that you're saying too um no i, I get it bro um 
and fuck dude there's there's nothing wrong with that what works for you works for you nope. it just it's uh, um it probably i feel like a lot of your um abrasiveness or or the way that you might come off to people isn't necessarily a product of bitterness or resentment from past relationships but uh bitterness resentment or a a fuck you a a, a radical mindset a, a free speech mindset against the pc culture and the cancel culture and and the extreme feminist not equalist that's exactly um, it um culture that you you specifically have to deal with not only um just being the comic that you are and the and the podcast host that you are and talking about the themes that you you do but also taking that into the scene that you're in in that college town and that mm-hmm. uh, even though it's a um a lot of people think of Boston as like a a, a predominantly white town or an Irish. Yeah. You got to fight, dog. You, you got to fight if you're passionate. It's a college town, and there's a lot of I'm sure, like Richmond, there's a lot of um, PC uh, uh, social justice warrior characters that um, are super passionate about their views and and when they express themselves they are abrasive and um i could see how that would make somebody reflect the, that that tone yeah um and it's 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 just that's how i feel in all things in life it's like i just don't i don't want to have to edit myself for other people's feelings what i'm that, saying that fucks with my happiness you're, you're a product of your environment exactly i i'm i i'm a cunt because you people fucking made me one <laughs> no but um no i mean uh, and shit like that happens uh, i'm definitely when you when you if you keep assuming the worst of somebody Right. If somebody keeps trying to do good or, or has good intention or, or whatever, right? Mm. And or 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 if somebody's fucked up in the past and you keep bringing up their past, and then because of their past, you keep assuming the worst of them. Because of that, they're you're you're gonna push them to do the worst because yeah. of uh, whether it's a rebellion or 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 whether you is just something you see as the worst because you have projected this on them because you keep putting that out there or or you know whether it's out of just sheer frustration um that that you ultimately do do the worst um Thanks. not condoning the worst i'm not saying i'm not saying that you should be jack the ripper irish are you sure are you sure that's not what you're telling me not saying it and i'm not saying that i wouldn't condemn you if you did but what i'm saying is it's 420 cracker i love let's i love you too let's should we have one last little blaze and then we'll fucking end this shindig i'll eat some crackers yeah you got stuff to do fucking hey sir it's been a goddamn pleasure smoking smoking this bong and this fucking because i do agree with a lot of the things that you're saying and and you can't because i have been i've killed parts of myself to be in relationships before and yeah. it is 
it's one of the ugliest things you can do. And looking back on it, I, I, I do not miss. Being and that's with- the thing. It was your fault, wasn't it? Because you yeah, submitted well, yourself to do all that stuff. Because you let somebody, and the more that you let them, it, it's it's you you give somebody an inch and they take a mile, and, and that's what it becomes. And um, it, it's you know we. You, my only problem with some of with some of the things that you were saying is you were generalizing with just women, and and I hate to be generalized, so whatever it, you know. It's fair, and you know what? That's that's another big problem people have with what I say. But the the only defense I can have to that is that like I I have to generalize. You know what I mean? I'm talking about millions of people, and I can't help every individual specific person but i i can i can try and help like the mass amount of people and i find like more often than not like most people fall within these (laughs) standard traditional boundaries and i I hesitate to use the word traditional because what i'm talking about is and isn't traditional toxic and controlling relationships (laughs) that though go both ways 100 people are manipulative and controlling and 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 want power and um when they see it (laughs) take an inch they're yeah. gonna power can corrupt power can corrupt yep but joey i love you dude thank you i love you too scott doing my, this was the first remote podcast that i did so hell yeah thank dog thank you for not having me on your pod on your not podcast yes thank you for not doing it <laughs> oh yeah thank you how they can find your podcast and find you on, on us <laughs> oh yeah so guys you can find me on uh instagram and twitter at it's irish o'neill Follow my podcast, the STC podcast. That's shit talking cunts. We go live every Sunday on YouTube. You can call in and talk shit with us um, out on iTunes and all major podcasting apps a few days later. And then the other podcast to do is the Kings podcast um, that goes live on Sundays and Thursdays. It's a relationship podcast. You can also call into that. Guys, if you have relationship questions, uh, you want to argue with me, if, if you disagree with some of the things you think, call in and we'll talk about it on the air. But that's that's what that's where you can find me, motherfuckers. Yeah, dude, keep doing what you do, Joey. Don't let, and I already know that you're not. Right back at you, sir. Takes a village. I'm going to eat some crackers. Fuck yeah. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, EK. Appreciate it, guys. Take it easy. Happy 420. Happy 420, buddy. You have a good night. Thanks, EK.